So, do you have IBS? That may be the question you're wondering. Welcome back to the Reach Your Peak podcast experience. I'm your host, Alexa, the climate dietitian, sports dietitian. And today I'm going to address a question that may be of concern to you. If you have been experiencing gut issues and you have been wondering, do I have the infamous IBS? Well, today I'm going to teach you how to start the process of discovering if that's the case or not. Let's get into it. So what is IBS? Okay, let's address that first. Okay, let's get that elephant out of the room. IBS essentially is a condition where you're hypersensitive to certain carbohydrates so that when it becomes fermented in the body, you get symptoms. Okay, that's a very basic kind of way to explain it, just not bore you with the very detailed kind of scientific explanation for it. But essentially, IBS is a gut disorder. It's essentially where you get symptoms such as constipation, such as diarrhea, such as excess wind, cramping, bloating, feeling uncomfortable, all that sort of stuff but it's not explained by other factors, okay, other gut issues. That's essentially what IBS is. And do you have it is the question you may be wondering. And the truth is that there is a step-by-step process that you should take to determine, first of all, if there is even a possibility that you do have IBS. Now, why is that the case? Well, quite simply, it's because IBS, as of now, there is no kind of definitive diagnostic tool, so to speak, that you can go, okay, you test it, yeah, you got IBS 100%. That just doesn't exist. It's not like celiac disease where you want to find out if you have celiac disease, there's some real kind of more conclusive diagnostic test where you can really determine whether that's the case or Crohn's disease or et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't matter. Just to kind of name a typical other gut disorder and there's usually a diagnostic test that can determine that you do have that. IBS works differently, okay? And there are different categories of IBS. Like I mentioned before with all the symptoms, that can actually characterize the IBS that you have, you know, like IBS-C for IBS constipation. And then some people have all the symptoms. Some people have only some. Some only have one, okay? And the severity of all these symptoms will vary from individual to individual, okay? And now what causes IBS? So for people that do have IBS, to go further with my explanation of the definition of IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, probably should have mentioned that, IBS, acronym for um, irritable bowel syndrome is the eating of carbohydrates known as FODMAPs. Now, FODMAPs is another acronym, just stands for fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. Okay, it's just a long winded way of saying a bunch of different carbohydrates, a specific type of carbohydrates that in certain individuals who, as I said, are hypersensitive, causes them issues. Okay, so that's all the background stuff, all that boring background stuff, but that's not why you clicked on today's podcast episode. Okay, you clicked on today's episode to learn how can you start the process of discovering whether you do have IBS. And then once you do discover whether or not you do, what the next steps are. Okay, what would that potentially look like for you? Okay, so I want to create that vision for you today. I want to give you an idea what the future may hold, <laughs> the near future may hold for you if it turns out you do have IBS as well. Okay, so without further ado, let's get into that. So how do you find out? So here's the first step. Okay, the first step is rule out all the others. So I kind of hinted to that before, but the truth of the matter is to determine whether you have IBS, the first foremost thing you want to do is work with your doctor to rule out all the other issues. You want to rule out 
disease death disease. You want to rule out Crohn's disease and other inflammatory bowel diseases. You want to rule out diverticular disease. Okay. You want to rule out allergies. You want to rule out things like bowel cancer even. Okay. And that's going kind of more insidious, but you know, we have to rule out these things. Once you've ruled out all those factors and then there's no findings, it's like, yep, no, you don't have any of this stuff, but you're still getting all the symptoms such as bloating, such as, you know, uh, excess wind, constipation, diarrhea, altered stool habits, all that sort of stuff. Then what happens is we deem that as you are likely to have IBS. Okay, so it's still not conclusive, but it's like you're likely to have it, but you've got to first rule them all out. Okay, so that's step one. Now, step two is then you find yourself a dietitian who knows about IBS, such as myself, for example, or someone else who knows how to deal with IBS, and you reach out to them. Okay, you reach out to them, say, this is what my issues are, I need help with this, and you get the process started. Okay, because then what happens is an initial assessment. Okay, so what I'll do with a client that comes to me for IBS, and I've got a few right now, is we assess their whole lifestyle. We assess what they're eating. We assess their, their supplement use. We assess their exercise, stress levels, other factors in their lifestyle, okay, health history, okay, so like clinical history. We assess all this together and then from there I go, okay, based on this I feel like, yes, it could be this or not and if it is, then we go forward with that, okay. We go to the next step, okay. But you've got to start with a dietitian because the dietitian will be the first and foremost point of call when it comes to addressing IBS, okay. And that comes on to step three, which is then the implementation of the FODMAP elimination diet. So I mentioned before FODMAPs being the fermentable carbohydrates, basically. The carbohydrates that if you do have IBS are the ones that are causing you issues, okay? So now what you got to do is the elimination phase. And that's where the dietitian would help you eliminate the FODMAPs, the high FODMAP foods, the foods that potentially are causing you problems. You eliminate that for about six to eight weeks. Okay, that's the way the process is usually going to go. Okay, the time frame will vary, okay? But just to give you a rough idea of what the future may hold for you if you do go down this route, but you'd eliminate the FODMAPs for about six to eight weeks. What happens then, you may be asking? Well, on to step four. Okay, step four is then the re-challenge phase. This is now when we're like, okay, you've been eliminating these FODMAPs for six to eight weeks. And now if, okay, so if you've then achieved enough symptom relief, we're like, yeah, sweet. You're feeling pretty good now with eliminating all the FODMAPs. You've done a really good job because you got to make sure you're consistent. Just like with any kind of nutrition and diets and stuff like that, weight loss, muscle gain, whatever it is, you have to be accurate and you have to be consistent. You have to be aware of what you're doing. Okay, inaccuracies can really easily creep in, especially with FODMAPs where it's all new. And then, you, oh, did I accidentally eat a food that triggered my symptoms? But let's say that in this situation, you're, you're near 100% because we can never be 100%, but you're near 100% certain that you've been pretty well smack bang on a FODMAP elimination diet. Then we go, okay, symptom relief has occurred. Great. Then we, what happens then is we deem you that you have IBS because you have responded to the FODMAP diet, okay, the FODMAP elimination diet or the low FODMAP diet as it's typically called. But then, like I said, in step four, then it's the re-challenge phase. So what happens then is every week you have a different type of food that has a singular FODMAP component to it and you re-challenge it in a, in a, uh, in a strategic way, basically, a step-by-step strategic way to then determine, is this FODMAP, remember, it's a group, it's all different groups, is this specific FODMAP on this week that you're testing, is it causing you problems? And you just collect data. And this happens over weeks and weeks. 
you collect data on how you respond to the individual FODMAPs through the re-challenge phase. And you just collect that data altogether. But then you're on to your go is step five, okay? Step five is the next one. And that's when you and the dietitian would sit down, look at the data at hand, see what's happened, have a good discussion. And throughout this process, it's obviously about making sure you still have a balanced diet. Because what I want to know, what I want to tell you right now is the key to the FODMAP diet is not just elimination. It's eliminating the foods that cause problems, but then swapping them out for a, another alternative. So you make sure you're still relatively balanced with your nutrition. Okay, that's a key thing. I forgot to mention that. But then what happens at the end for step five is you sit down and you, find, and you get yourself a, a modified plan. The dietitian will provide you a modified blueprint, guidance, whatever you want to call it, like a step or a strategy or whatever to help control the FODMAPs that were a problem. Because remember, FODMAPs, there's a multiple different groups to it. Okay, so you may be sensitive to one of those, two of those, unlikely, but maybe all of those. Okay, they'll be unlucky, but there are some that are sensitive to all the groups, all the FODMAPs. But then basically, if you're only sensitive to two of them, then the dietitian will give you a modified plan on how to avoid those and keep up with the others. Okay, and that's pretty much the final step other than, you know, obviously long-term uh, management and maintenance and all that sort of stuff. But as you can see, it really has to be done in a step-by-step process. You have to first eliminate all the other potential issues that could go on and then go, okay, let's, let's address IBS if it potentially could be it. But then once you determine yourself being yeah, likely to have IBS, then you find yourself a dietitian, start working with them, you know, eliminate the FODMAPs, then re-challenge them and then have that modified plan because remember, a low FODMAP diet is a temporary diet and it's not going to be fun. It's very hard, for example, to socialize and eat out on a FODMAP diet. Very, very hard. Okay? Very, very hard to do because of all the different nuances to the diet, all the little things that can be causing you problems. So it's not a fun diet, but it's not supposed to be a long-term diet. It's supposed to be kind of crap before the good. Okay? There's going to be crap for a bit, and then it's going to be good for, for like later on once you've established what's going on and got yourself a modified plan. That's the purpose of it. And then once you've done the recharge and then the modified plan's in place... Then you go on from there. So that's basically a step-by-step process. Hope that really gives you a bit of insight in terms of what you can expect if you're looking to go down this route. Okay, If you're experiencing all these symptoms, you're like, I'm just stuck. I just feel frustrated. I'm just angry. Okay, This is just crap. Okay, <laughs> This is just crap and I want to address this. Well, this is what it would look like. You've got to go to your doctor, eliminate some things, then find out if it could be potentially IBS, then go to your dietitian, go through the FODMAP diet, then go on and so on and so forth. Okay, that's the basics of it. Now, obviously, if you're suffering from these symptoms and you're ready to live like your more best life or whatever you want to call it, you want to eliminate these symptoms. Okay, you want to feel good again. You want to feel happier, healthier, obviously, and more confident again. Well, then it's time for you to take action. Okay, so if these are the symptoms you're occurring, I want you to do the first thing is book in with your doctor and discuss that first step. Okay, rule out all the others. And then what I want you to do is reach out to me afterwards. If it's determined that none of those are an issue, reach out to me and let's have a chat. Let's see how I can help you manage your IBS. Okay, let's see how I can be your personal dietitian to help you on this journey to eliminating the symptoms of IBS and living the life where you're relatively symptom-free or if not fully symptom-free. Okay, so if this is something you're interested in, obviously if you want to discuss this further, I'm happy to chat, okay? Have a quick chat, see what's going on. Just send me an email at alexa at theclimbingdietitian.com.au. It is in the show notes below as well. 
Otherwise, you can find me on Instagram. Really, really great and easy way to contact me is just send me a DM on Instagram at The Climbing Dietitian and we'll go from there. Okay, but remember, step one, see a doctor first. So yeah, hope this has been helpful. Hope this has been informative. I really wanted to do this episode for a while because, you know, IBS is something that seems to be more and more prevalent or at least people are more comfortable talking about it. And I wanted to address it for you because it's not all about just weight loss and muscle gain and macros and that sort of stuff. Okay, being a dietitian, health is multifactorial. There's all these different aspects to it. And I have clients from all different kind of, uh, you know, all different walks of life, with all different conditions, all different goals and all different lifestyles. And I help them all. Okay, so I really want to address this today. Um, hope this will be helpful. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you so much, guys, for checking out my podcast. Hope it brought you some great value today. You can check me out on socials under The Climate Dietitian or on www.theclimatedietitian.com.au. I've got some great stuff out there for you guys, some free, valuable content. So, yeah, please check it out, guys. And, yeah, until next time, thank you.